This is the Alternative Edge, home of KBVU Podcasts. Hey you, yeah, you, smile. It's a great day to have a great day. Let's get positive. How's it going, everyone? I'm Joshua Tiggis, and thank you for listening to The Positive Point, a podcast where I try to shed some light into your world. Season 3 has officially kicked off, and it feels so good to be back in the production studio once again. Although I was in this building all summer long, I was constantly busy with TV things where I didn't get much of a chance to sit down here and express my thoughts to the mic. But with that being said, one individual who spent plenty of time in this room this past summer is Blake McMillan. Now, Blake and I are both digis, digital media majors, however, we haven't really collaborated on anything until this past summer, but we'll get more into that in our conversation. Through spending more time together this past summer, I learned quickly that Blake understands the importance of keeping your mental health in check. And as you know from last season, I was quick to learn that as I started my college journey. I believe he has some very valuable things to say over this topic, and as much as I love and want to help others, I too have been quick to find out that you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. So without further ado, let's sit down with Blake McMillan. Season three is officially underway, and Blake, welcome to The Positive Point. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It's great to be back here in the production studio. But So in the introduction of this episode, I mentioned that we've actually never really collaborated on anything until this past summer. So yeah. do you kind of want to share with everyone what we've been tackling this summer? Right. So um, Joshua and I both applied to stay on campus for the summer, and in order for it to be paid for, um, we both had to work under someone on campus. So we obviously naturally drifted to our uh, professor's. I was working with Andrea France, and you were with Jerry Johnson. And Andrea asked me if I wanted to go on air on KBVU here on campus, our campus radio station. And I was like, of course. I was like, you know, rule of thumb and digi, if you're going to talk about something, it's really hard to talk alone. You need someone to bounce off of. <laughs> so I um, asked Joshua if he wanted to join, a, join me, and we did the pop-up show together, which is where we just pop on air once a week and just talk about music and news and culture and stuff so yeah it's been a lot of fun you know actually being live on air it's mm-hmm. been fun i've always text my mom and had her mm-hmm. listen in when we're on and it's nice you've actually exposed me to new new music too because i'm i like i've said on the show i'm a big country boy country fan mm-hmm. and i really haven't been listening much to music yeah. um, but you've kind of gotten me back into that yeah it's been a lot of fun i've enjoyed it it's probably like my favorite thing to do at work every week, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, I believe it was our first show that we did, our first time we went live. I actually kind of did a little shameless plug for the positive point, and you kind of backed me up right away. But you also mentioned that you actually listened to an episode, and I believe you said you listened to the season two finale when I opened up about my mental health and kind of talked about everything I went through last semester. Yeah. So it. It was really nice that I really love that you did that because it kind of comforted me to know that, okay, I'm not alone. And that's what I think a lot of people need to know is through everything they're going through, it might feel like you're alone, but there's other people going through it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think 
Um, you don't really realize it because mental health is, I think it's gotten better in the last five years, but it's a big stigma surrounding it. And so it's kind of like, you know, you have these thoughts in your head and you don't want to speak up, you, you know, and come to find out, I think everyone should, you know, go to therapy or get their mental health in check because we're all, we've all been through things that, you know, we don't want to talk about. And yeah, I just really love that you brought it up in such a personal way because I've never, before this summer, I never really spoke to you. Yeah. And so to hear you, you know, because when you don't know someone, you just think they're, they're okay. You know, I've never had any reason to think you had any sort of problems with your head. And then, you know, you, I listened to it and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, for you to be so vulnerable it really it meant a lot to me secondhand you know so yep and I think it is like reaching out to others like Mm -hmm. you said you would have never known I was going through anything is reaching out to others like check up on them Mm -hmm. because it's really underestimated how a simple hi how you doing it's really I think it really is underestimated by people yeah absolutely I agree yeah but in that episode I I think one of my main talking points was like my anxiety mm-hmm. and how I've struggled. I really haven't realized how I've struggled with that so much in the past until I went, reached out, got the help, went to those counseling sessions. And I think what I found was one of my biggest struggles with that was a fear of the future. I was always assuming the worst was going to happen. Like with these podcasts coming in to record, I'm like, oh, something's not going to work. Mm-hmm. What trouble am I going to run into? So that's been a big challenge for me is to kind of get over that have you kind of struggled with anxiety as well uh yeah for sure um so whenever I was it was, it was into my second year of college and like I'd always felt like maybe deep down I had some sort of some some sort of you know like anxiety or depression and I didn't know how to talk about that I didn't, I didn't think it was bad enough to where I needed to speak to anyone and then around it was the beginning of 2019 um, I just gone through a lot. I went through like my first heartbreak and I had family things going on. And I think if they had, if they were like isolated incidents, then it wouldn't have mattered, but they all happened so quickly and all at once. Yeah. And I didn't do anything about it initially because I'm, I'm from Mississippi and there's not much of a mental health culture going on there. Yep. So I told myself, I was like, I'm going to Iowa in August. I'll be in a new place. So I, it was it was a really lonely and just hard time. Yeah. My best friend Savannah, she she is very in touch with her mental health and I reached out to her first because I knew she would know what to tell me and then I talked to my mom and we went and I met with a doctor and I got put on medication, which was really scary and I think that yeah. was medication's very hard and it's a slippery slope because yep. you don't know every week or like every day you take a pill and it's like yeah. you're making slow progress, but it's not quick enough for you to notice. Yeah. So you kind of, you're like, is this even working? And I've fell off medication many times. Like in, like when I first got to BV, my first semester here was very difficult for me because now I was like, I reached out, but I'm in a new place. I'm trying medication for the first time. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I love how it happened for me, but in January 2020, things got really better. And then in March 2020, things got really bad. (laughs) So, but I finally got a hold on it. And I think that's kind of helped carry me through the pandemic in a way. Um, I I learned and I set up my own boundaries for myself. And um, to train your mind, you have to train yourself first. And it's a very 
it's it it got better and now I think I know what to do when something comes my way and I think the pandemic was a great test of that yeah um but I didn't I didn't really sink into any severe anxiety or depression during the pandemic just because of I kind of went through my own mental pandemic right before it okay wow that's strong your own mental pandemic yeah, yeah. I think that really brings to light the struggles everyone faces like you say there mm-hmm. are those I love that mental pandemics that people go through. I mean, obviously yeah. I don't love it, but it's a, it's a great way of putting it yeah. in like actually putting it to words. But you mentioned that when you came to campus in your first semester here, it mm-hmm. was a little rough. So did you meet people right away or what was that transition kind of like for you? Um, so, I mean, I've always, I'm a, I'm very good at speaking to people. I'm not very scared of humans I I don't I've always like I've told Andrea I don't know strangers you know (laughs) I um I'm very comfortable talking to people and so that wasn't hard for me I think what was hard was being with people all the time and when you're a happy bubbly person it's kind of like they expect you to stay that way and I don't think there was any pressure I think if anything I put the pressure on myself I was like this is the version of me that they want to see and so I just would go to my room. I skipped a lot of my classes my first semester here and just sat in my room when like it when I didn't have friends to hang out with. I just wanted to be by myself and it was it was hard and a lot of people think, you know, you don't go to class, you don't um it's like w- when you're depressed or anxious, getting out of bed is the hardest part yeah. of the day. Um and it wasn't out of just laziness but out of, you know, my brain really likes it here and (laughs) like it's like at first you lay down in bed this is how I've described it to people you lay down in bed and it's like this is really nice and then it's almost like you're sinking into your bed and it's so hard to get out yeah so but I I had a good community around me as more I was myself was scared to speak up you know I sat I was muzzled by me when it came to my mental health so yeah and I think that's one of the biggest things now that I'm kind of trying to raise awareness for is people mm-hmm. recognizing their own mental health and deciding, okay, when is it time for me to reach right. out? Because I definitely reached that point too. It'd be last semester towards the beginning of the semester. I kind of suppressed everything, kept everything inside, but it got to the point where I'm like, I can't do this by myself. Yeah, I got to find help somewhere. Absolutely. So I want people to recognize that and mm-hmm. to know that it's okay to reach out. There yeah. are people around you for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but through my anxiety, like I've, like I've talked about in previous seasons, I think what I found was like the root source of it was how my family always instilled in me like the work, work, work mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I love that. I love how I constantly want to tackle projects and be busy. But to a certain degree, it comes to when it's time to like take a rest, take that break, mentally recharge. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I feel guilty for taking time for myself. Right. And I've come to realize that it's important to do that. It's important to take that time for yourself so you can mentally reset and get back to that mental state that ultimately you need to be to performing mm-hmm. at your best. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that that kind of I that just I just immediately think of athletes and I think of like a student who was here we had graphic design classes together and he was on the basketball team and he um he was like that constantly taking on things whether it be sports or academics and he took a semester to himself and like it's just so nice when when you do get that in check and you start to you take those first steps and you look back and you're like I've never stopped going you know like it's just always like I'm on all the time doing Mm -hmm. one thing after another I agree yeah 
it's really it's hard yeah but when I did recognize that I needed that break, I actually reached out to the counselors mm-hmm. here on campus and set up a time to meet, which turned into like a weekly meeting for like half the semester, just going in there. And I loved it because it was like every Friday in the afternoon. So that was kind of like my before weekend break. That was mm-hmm. the time where I'd take to like cut off my academics, say, all right, I'm going to take a break here. And it was a very nice transition into the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't always in that constant academic mode. But is counseling something that you've found has been really helpful to you as well? Yeah. And I think my first attempt at counseling was not good. My counselor wasn't really meant for me. I think you really have to find someone who you click with. My second counselor it was incredible. I feel like I was making progress each session and kind of working through things that I had never talked about with anyone before. Things that I've talked about, but never in such a vulnerable way. And I okay. think that's one of the, like, you can't have progress without being vulnerable. I think it's really important to be vulnerable. So just having yeah. honest conversations, not just with yourself, but like with the people around you. And I, I mentioned earlier how, like, where I recognized the time that I needed to reach out. Was there a distinct or definitive time where that came to you as well or how do people know when it's time to reach out and get that help I think people should reach out when they feel when they are feeling honest feelings that they know are genuine like emotions and they feel wrong I I don't know if that makes sense but for me it was kind of the invert of where always being happy and then I got really sad like there was, it was September 2020 for me. I was getting better. And for the first time, I didn't feel anxious. And I had done that on my own. And I looked at my best friend, Rachel, and I was like, I'm scared because I'm not anxious. And that's just a mentality I've gotten used to. And Rachel had said she had, you know, studied and read about when you are going through something mentally, though that slumping feeling becomes like your comfort zone. And for me, being anxious was something I was comfortable with. And so whenever that was the genuine, honest emotion I felt all the time that I knew to be like the true version of me, whenever I felt perfectly okay and I was like, I have nothing to worry about right now. And I know I should be. Like I have classwork, but I was like, it's going to be okay. And I was like, that's weird. That's not me. And so I was like, but I don't want to lose this momentum. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stop feeling this moment. So I reached out to health services or counseling and I was like hey I I'm okay and it feels wrong and I know that's not right so can Mm -hmm. you help me make it feel right you know yeah and that was kind of when I first started going to counseling and I found a therapist that really made me feel understood all the way through it's funny I just have to smile when you talk about that because that's like almost exactly like me Mm -hmm. as well like I was so used to being anxious all the time constantly think about what's coming in the future I know I've said it on the podcast before but I can't remember the quote off the top of my head but I was living in the future I wasn't Mm -hmm. living in the present where I wasn't truly living to be honest with you I was kind of not foreshadowing but foreseeing the future before it actually happened Mm -hmm and kind of preparing for the worst, which I think it can be okay to prepare for the worst, but always hope for the best. Always know that the best can happen. The worst isn't always going to happen. Yeah. It's okay to foresee for the worst, but when it's the only thing you're foreseeing and you're not trying to foresee like the good. Exactly. Then that's, that's a really scary, like cloudy place to be in. So. Yeah. Has there been 
or do you have any tips or tricks on ways for people to deal if they're struggling with anxiety? What are some of the ways that you've found is very beneficial for you to get over that? Yeah, so I um, I think getting out of bed was, like I said, it was the hardest thing for me. And once I started to recognize, like, this is not a good place for me to be, just being alone, that kind of terrified me. When it clicked, it was like, I got to get out of here. And it wasn't like, like I said, it wasn't me being lazy. It was just me being scared of like what's out there you know what's gonna Mm -hmm. hurt me today and around January 2020 when things were looking up for me I began as soon as I was laying in bed and I felt like a bad emotion I was like nope we're not gonna tap into that and it takes a lot of willpower if you if that's what your rotation like everyday schedule has become but it it was just sort of like I gotta find something to distract my mind and that's something I tell my friends like who are going through things I'm like no distract your brain I've I took on I wanted to exercise but I was like I'm a very small man Um, I've never had a passion for working out or anything (laughs) so yoga is anyone can do it and I really love it it's been a really like especially I do like I have a Apple Fitness Plus and I do workouts on my Apple Watch with it and like I have trainers who on there that like when they wrap up their session, they always talk about, you know, like um, set your intention and just kind of sit there and meditate for a little bit. Yeah. And that's a really like when it's time for me to set my intention, I'm constantly goal setting, just making a mental checklist, which is kind of my second thing. Checklisting. Yes. I've always been like I'm a huge nerd and I love technology and I think it's great. And I've always I used to always set up reminders on my phone to go off. I, that can work for some people because every time you get on your device, it's there screaming at you uh, on the top of your notification. But to have that mental clarity, to have that physical piece of paper there and yes. to be able to cross something off, yep. it's like you don't get that on your phone. Yep. You don't get fire. Like it's like I don't even have an animation of fireworks coming up <laughs> on the paper, but mentally it's so much more rewarding. I do cling to music and characters, so I love reading. Reading really got me through the pandemic. And I was tapping into books I had never read before, like psychology kind of books. Ooh. Just anything that could help me escape. I think escapism is very important too. So any sort of distraction or just, you know. Yeah, yeah like those distractions. And I, I do have to second what you said with that checklist because that's mm-hmm. something too. Throughout my counseling sessions, that's been a piece of advice that my counselor told me. was like, okay, make checklists. I've always been... I'd like to consider myself a pretty organized person. Mm-hmm. So I'd always have a planner with everything to do for the day or do for the week. Right. And I always found myself making these checklists, but not staying true to them. Stuff I had to do today, I do today. And then I say, oh, I still have time. Let's start tomorrow's stuff so I can get, oh, nice. so I yeah. can have a even bigger break tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But during that bigger break tomorrow, I started the next day's stuff and the next day's stuff. And it just started piling on. So it's creating that list and breaking down your months, your weeks, your days, and sticking true to what you want to do that specific day. Mm-hmm. Don't tap into tomorrow's stuff because that's tomorrow's stuff. You can worry about that tomorrow. Yeah. Take that break today to be recharged for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of, we were just talking about writing things, and I am a, I, I think this has helped people who don't even write, but I love to write. I'm a very metaphorical, and when I like write in my diary or whatever, I'm like, just very trying to say what I'm saying without directly saying it. Because when you write something, you don't have to show that to anyone. 
yeah. there's always this burden when you're going through something in your head. It's like, I don't want to talk about it to anybody because I don't want them to feel like I'm unloading on them. But when you get to like write it just for you and nobody else has to read that, it's like, okay, I got to say it. And the only person who I had to talk about it with was myself. Yeah. And so writing is a very, a great way to get things off your chest without feeling you're, like you're bothering anyone, you know? So. Yeah. That's something I'll definitely have to try sometime too. Cause I've, I haven't done that. I've heard about it mm-hmm. and it's always been something like, Oh yeah, maybe I'll do that sometime. Yeah. But doing it sometime turns into just putting it in the back yeah. of your mind and forgetting about writing it. Writing in my diary is like the last, like, it's like if I'm just so sad about something, it's like I've done everything else. It's like I'm going to write about it. It's very rarely I will crack open my diary. But when I do, it's like, yeah, this is like the last step. I know this is going to get it off my chest because I've tried everything else. I don't know, just to have that feeling solidified and like written down in time. It's also very rewarding to like pain. I was talking about this last night with someone. Pain is the best like time capsule in a way. Because when you grow and you get past something, if you're heartbroken right now, months from now, when you look back, you're going to find something. Something's going to remind you of how you felt then. And when you look back, you're going to be like, wow, I was so devastated then. And now I have so much like a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make you appreciate where you're at now. Pain is the biggest, like, I guess, check mark. When you look at your growth, you can look back at when you were super sad. And you know, now I have all these people around me who support me and I'm loved and I think that's a really important feeling. That's a rewarding feeling for me is to know how devastated I was at some point and now getting just to interact with people. I'm big into human interaction. Sitting here with you talking, every conversation I have with people, it just makes my heart so happy. So I don't know, it's just like to think about how how lucky am I to be able to sit and talk with you about very real things in such yeah. a casual way when I probably had the hardest time voicing those emotions before now. And I love that you brought that up about our pain because that's something that I have recognized too, especially with doing this podcast, is our kind of pain and our struggles can sometimes be our biggest blessings because they aren't roadblocks. They're stepping stones to mm-hmm. a greater you, Absolutely. to the better you. Like how lucky are you that you you get to cry? Exactly. Like yes. the fact that we're capable of, you know, translating that emotion, like it sounds very like bleak but really it's like we're so lucky that we're able to process things and like work through things you know I don't know that's just yeah kind of corny but I mean it's (laughs) a real thing that I've thought about like how how awesome is it that you know I get to grow yeah and I think that all comes back to our mental health is Mm -hmm. being able to process that because one thing I have written down here with what I've noticed recently is how our society has labeled men as like these emotionless individuals Mm -hmm who aren't supposed to show all of their emotions. They're supposed to be happy all the time, be working all the time. But it's, that's this kind of goes back to like me when I first reached out mm-hmm. to counseling with my mental health is because I've been suppressing everything inside. We need to let those emotions free and we need to be human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think about one of the best representations of like male emotions in media is, because this was talked a lot about on Twitter, in Frozen 2 when Kristoff is like alone in the woods yeah. and he's like you've never seen like in a Disney movie where the prince is crying about or like he's yeah. singing I've about never the recognized princess. that yeah. yeah and they got a lot of praise for that like when you see like he's upset because he doesn't know like where they stand in their relationship you, like and that's always the girl's job yeah and I don't know and I think I'm not very 
I don't tap into my masculine side as much. So I'm very okay with being open with my emotions yep. and having vulnerable conversations with people. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing you can do. But yeah, I, I guess, you know, Frozen 2 is my favorite Disney movie right now. I love that. <laughs> um, I love that you brought that up. But I guess I never really, I guess it just flew over my head. Mm-hmm. But now that you bring that up, that is so true. Yeah. And it's really great to see how, especially throughout social media, this is starting to become more of a usual topic right. with our mental health. It's not something that people push to the side now. It's something that's been brought out into the, into the light. And it's something that I think and I hope a lot of people are taking more seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen it like just in the last five years and coming from the South, I, I pictured Iowa to be a very big and like exciting place because I, that's all I'd ever known. And I found that in societal ways instead, not really like the like Storm Lake isn't huge, but people's hearts are. And that's yes. something I don't experience at home. People are more accepting and more open to new ideas. And I think you see that with mental health here. And we, obviously we still have a ways to go, but it's it's great just by region how, I don't know, it's helped me grow, you know, having this community here. Yeah, and I've seen, um, I saw this quote one day when I was working on this outline. I was like, okay, I have to mention this during the episode. So it's like, why don't we see, or people question, why don't we see more people helping other people out? And it all starts with taking care of yourself. Before mm-hmm. we, Before you take care of yourself and like, grow through experiences and become wise you can't really truly help someone else you have to do the learning and growing yourself before you can offer that advice to help someone through a similar experience Mm -hmm. yeah that quote and ideology makes me think of a quote like rupaul he's a famous drag queen and at the end of every episode of his show he's like and remember if you can't love yourself how are you going to love anybody else because it's like you can't if I can't take care of Joshua's needs it sounds selfish but it's true if I if I haven't worked through my own mental rainstorm how am I going to help you you know get through yours yep exactly like I do agree with you it, it sounds selfish but it's so true like mm-hmm. I'm I'm a people pleaser I love right. to put others before myself but as harsh as it may sound it kind of is true you do have to focus on you and make sure you're loving yourself make right. sure like mentally you're at a state where you want to be before you can truly help that person. Yeah, I think it requires a little bit of selflessness in order to get to selflessness. I just came, I love I just that. came up with that. I don't yeah. know who said that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I love that because it is it it may seem a little harsh but it is the cold hard truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, with that, I think we'll wrap this up here. I Blake, thank you so much. But before yeah. you go, I do kind of have to put you on the spot. As oh with all of my guests, I okay. have to ask you, what is your favorite quote? Favorite quote? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will do... Um, can I do two? Go ahead. Is that against yes. the rules? Okay. No, go ahead. Lyrically, I would say there's a... Taylor Swift line in her song Long Live and she said she wrote it for her fans and it's please promise me this um, when they point to the pictures please tell them my name which in the context of the song is kind of like you know whenever we get where we're going like when we've departed here I hope like I've left like a lasting impact on you that like when you hold up your pictures to your kids or your friends in the future like you remember me and like you tell them about all the great times we had together and then also It's also Taylor Swift. You shouldn't care so much if you feel misunderstood by a lot of people who don't know you as long as you feel understood by the people who do know you and do care about you. 
Love those. <laughs> those are beautiful. And I think those are perfect for this episode as well with yeah. our mental health, prioritizing you before mm-hmm. you prioritize others. Absolutely. So, Blake, thank you so much for opening up and being, being willing to sit down and be on the positive point. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Loved having Loved you having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Blake. It's been amazing to see how our friendship has bloomed over this past summer. Someone who I thought I wouldn't have anything in common with actually turned out to provide me with the comfort of knowing that I'm not alone in my struggles and thoughts on our mental health. And that's where the positive point of the podcast has to come from. Our mental health. Your top priority in your life should be you. If you broke your leg, there's no question that you would take time to nurse that injury or potentially reach out to a physical therapist to help accelerate your road to recovery. So why can't we do that with our minds as well? Our mental health is just as important as our physical health. Because without the organ that makes all of our decisions functioning at 100%, are we truly going to be satisfied with the way we treat others or the work that we do accomplish? I firmly believe that the road to positivity must take a pit stop on memory lane to give our minds a chance to relish in our prized moments and even remember the dark times to accept the past in order to embrace the future. Humans are strong individuals, but we aren't immortal. We need help, and before we can help others, we must first help ourselves. I know it sounds selfish, and I personally don't like saying it because I'm usually the first one to reach out my hand to help those around me. But I've come to learn that it's true. Before we can truly help others, and I mean help, not just shove them along so we look like a good person and offer them a temporary fix, we must help ourselves. As our world becomes more digitalized, the mental toll it's going to take on us is only going to get stronger. We only see the sunshine and rainbows in the lives of others. Social media rarely allows us to see what happens behind the scenes. Don't be afraid. Take the necessary steps you need in your life. It might be reaching out and setting up a counseling session. It might be spending some time alone. It might even be as simple as logging off a social media for a week. Do what you need, because what we need is the best version of you not a knockoff brand that wears a figurative mask. Trust me, I've been there and I've done that, and I'll never fall into that trap again. Before you can truly help others, you must first help yourself. This week, I challenge you to take that time for yourself and consciously reflect on your mental state. Are you in a place where you need to be? If so, I'm happy and glad for you. But I would say that that's not the case for most of us, with myself included. It's okay to reach out to a family member, friend, or even professional to ask them to simply listen or for help. Mentally, if you are not happy where you are, then you aren't the best version of yourself. It might be hard to take the first steps, but trust me, you will thank yourself once you see the joy and peace it brings. Discover what's causing you the most stress, and if it's linked to something bigger, from there explore different ways to deal with it and find what works best for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Positive Point. As always, feel free to DM me on Twitter at ThePositivePoi2. That's The Positive P-O-I-2. Or Instagram 
at the positive point underscore podcast or send an email to the positive point podcast at gmail.com to share a random act of kindness or uplifting deed that you did for someone else or they did for you or maybe it's something you saw someone else do for another person reach out to me and share the story who knows maybe you will be the next positive point of the podcast until next time this is joshua tiggis and remember keep it positive